Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mdiwa Gavaza, and for today, we get into um, some discussions around uh, what the economy looks like um, at the moment. You know, anyone who follows the platform understands uh, that we always keep a close eye on what's going on in and around the economy, and particularly around uh, consumer pockets, consumer spending, um, and the like. And because it is the festive season, uh, we are just just going to be getting into some uh, possible data um, around some of the expectations uh, around some of the spending um, activity that is uh, predicted for uh, this particular festive season. One of the headline numbers coming out is that South Africans are expected to spend 226 billion rand over this festive season and uh, that's according to short-term uh, lender. Um, Wonga will conducted a, uh, a survey it's their fifth annual summer spending survey and we're going to be you know breaking down uh what uh, what it means you know what the expectation is and some of the factors that are pushing and pulling at those consumer pockets to help us to understand uh what's going on and to make sense of it all we are joined by James Williams uh who is the head of marketing over at Wonga <laughs> James, uh, greetings to you today. Hi, Mudiwe, and thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much for just taking your time uh, to be with us, uh, you know, for this particular um, discussion. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing um, what's pushing and pulling uh, at some of those uh, spending drivers and triggers for those consumers. But before we get into uh, some of those predictions, perhaps we could get a sense and understanding of uh, Wonga as a business. You know, what are you guys about? We said uh, short-term lender, but, uh, you know, maybe you could uh, give us a little bit more insight. Sure. So Wonga is an online short-term lender, as you mentioned, that offers bridging finance to people who have a cash flow shortfall. So our loans range from 500 Rand up to 8,000 Rand with a repayable term from five days over up to six months. And this is exclusively offered via our website, wonga.co.za. Just to give you sort of a sense in terms of um, the, the number of loans that we've written over the period of trading in South Africa. To date, we've written 3.9 million loans with a total disbursement value of 11.3 billion rand. Uh, the Wonga brand was actually founded in 2007 in the United Kingdom by two South African chaps who identified a gap in the short-term lending space. Um, and from this, you know, they, they understood the fact that People didn't necessarily want to go and stand in queues with paperwork in hand, which is uh, why they came up with a digital lending platform. Yeah. So that's, that's really who, uh, a brief synopsis of who we are. All right. Okay. Now that at least we understand, um, where you guys are coming from, you know, that, uh, uh, that, uh, what do you call this, that lending space uh, that you guys are in, that short term lending, um, you know, up to 8,000 Rand that you guys are giving out. And I guess it gives you guys, uh, quite a bit of data, um, just around, uh, the nature of, uh, you know, lending and spending in South Africa. So the 226 billion Rand over the festive season, um, how have you guys, uh, come up with that? I understand. And there was a survey over 8,500 uh, South Africans, you know, just sharing um, what their plans are going to be. Um, maybe you could just break down, you know, how you guys go about making that prediction. 
Sure. So for the past five years, we've surveyed South Africans to understand how they plan to manage their finances over the festive season. And the aim of the survey is, as you mentioned, to unpack and understand uh, what their spend habits look like for that period. And this year, as you already mentioned as well, we've had eight and a half thousand respondents to our survey. That actually uh, exceeds the number that we've received in previous years. But for the last five years, the average response count has been around 7,000. Um, in terms of how we gather that information, so we survey the general public uh, via a digital survey, which we promote through various digital platforms, including social media. And I think it's a really good snapshot of what the average South African will be spending over the festive period, as the respondents represent a good cross-section of South Africans across region, gender, age ranges, and income bands. And those uh, largely align to national distribution stats that, that, that we see. And uh, when it comes to what you guys are seeing on the on the ground, um, I understand that as big as the headline figure that we're talking about, that 226 billion rand um, average spend, you know, per person is actually expected to go down, um, you know, by about five or six percent. Yes. So this year, South Africans are budgeting an average of 5,900 rand each for the additional expenses over the festive period. Um, and yes, if you do extrapolate that out over the entire South African population, it does amount to 226 billion rand. But although that number does sound huge, you are right. It's actually down on 2021 by 6%, where we saw the average uh, festive spend um, for South Africans for 2021 coming in at 6,300 rand. Um, and even though the, it is down year on year, it's even further down um, on pre-COVID levels. So in 2019, we saw that figure at 6,600 rand. So I think, you know, what we are seeing is that people will definitely be spending less on average. And when we ask them why they will be spending less this first festive season, 51% of people said that they actually have less money this year. And I think, you know, this is reflective of the state of our economy with men, many uh, families uh, struggling to make ends meet. And I think, you know, just looking at it from sort of a macro point of view, the likely um, sort of reasons for the downturn that we are seeing is a few factors, really. So I think the first one being the numerous uh, interest rate hikes that we've seen, meaning those with debt are now paying far more for their credit accounts that they would have been in the past. I think the hardest hit are likely uh, to be those that are credit active with a uh, relatively large credit exposure. So this is people with home loans, car finance, um, high balance credit card accounts, uh, and also uh, longer term personal loans. And keep in mind that when we ran the survey last in 2021, the repo rate has actually doubled since then. So I think that's certainly a factor. And then I think another one is also the rate of inflation that we're seeing. So we've seen the consumer price index outside of the Reserve Bank's uh, target range of 3 to 6%. And November, uh, last month's data, is actually showing that CPI is currently above 7.5%. And I think this is really hitting consumers hard in the pocket because everyday items that – you know, they, they, they shopping for, uh, so their grocery shopping really has become substantially more expensive since the last time that we ran this survey. And then of course, 
this is all um, sort of compounded by the 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 recent increases that we've seen in the fuel price. Although some respite um, has been coming through very recently, I think you know it hasn't helped at all with the the war in Ukraine pushing up global energy prices, um, and you know that's that's then being uh, felt at the fuel pump for consumers. Another interesting uh, stat is that. 38% of people say they're actually worse off financially this year than at the end of 2021. And only 37% of South Africans reported that they are better off than they were this time last year, which is down from 41% that we saw in 2021. Uh, James, one of the things that I'm, you know, sorry to, you know, interject, you know, if, if you're still running through some of the data, um, because I'm just hearing some of the numbers that you're talking about and, you know, some of the, um, some of the statements that uh, South Africans are agreeing to when it comes to what you call this, when it comes to this survey that we're, that you're doing, uh, you know, people saying that they're going to spend less and all that. Could you give us maybe typically what a typical Wonga customer, you know, looks like if there's any detail that you can share about the type of person who is accessing financing from Wonga? Sure. So our typical customer um, is of an average age of 29. Uh, it's an equal split male and female. Uh, they do have average salaries ranging uh, sort of from the 25 to, to 30,000 rand a month mark. They are obviously digitally savvy. Uh, most of our customers access our services through our mobile, uh, platform. Um, but I do just want to, to, to point out just to maybe sort of help guide thinking in this conversation is that this is not only Wonga customer responses. So. From the survey itself, we've actually um, gone out to the broader public through social media to 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 get these responses in. So although some of the, the responses that we've received may align to what a typical Wonga customer does look like, um, it is certainly a much broader reaching um, survey. Okay. I think that definitely, um, you know, helps us from that point of view because I think, um, I, w I was actually going to, uh, make an assumption, you know, to say that, um, you know, the, the, the type of person who responded to the survey, you know, is typically your, it sounds like, uh, someone who's your typical sort of professional or someone who's in that middle class type of bracket. Um, you know, depending on which sector you're in, uh, some people People might uh, look at them as a mid to uh, entry to mid level type of uh, uh, type of South African, but um, I, I guess it helps in terms of context to understand that you guys have uh, you know cast the net much wider than that uh, to just at least get um, a, a bigger understanding of what consumers are thinking. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at the 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 how um, the income ranges for the survey stack up. Um, from a respondent point of view, 16% of people either had no income to 3,000 rand a month. Um, and then up on the other end of the scale, uh, over 5% of uh, respondents earned more than 40,000 per month. So, you know, there's, there's a broad distribution in terms of incomes. And I think those do stack up quite nicely against figures uh, published by Stats SA and so on in terms of income bands. Um, so it, I, I feel like it's a fairly representative cross-section of, of the South African public. 
All right. So very curious to understand then, James, what uh, numbers like this mean, you know, for uh, a business like Wonga. Um, because as a person on the outside, I'm hearing some of the, some of the figures that we're talking about, though they sound huge in terms of, uh, you know, the type of spending, uh, that is expected. Um, people, you know, some of the numbers that you, that you quote, you know, do show that consumers are in trouble, um, at the moment. The fact that you said 30% of South Africans uh, say that they rely on an additional source of income. Um, the fact that 37%, um, you know, do say they're better uh, off, you know, than they were a year ago. But that is down, you know, from 41% um, in the year before, right? So that mix um, of facts and figures, right? What does it do for a business like yours? As I said, as a person on the outside, I'm thinking, oh, okay, so uh, a short-term lender like Wonga is probably doing well because you have South Africans saying that um, whatever income they have is not enough to get through um, their typical lives. So they need access to either uh, additional income, additional income streams, you know, probably a short-term lending products and the like. Is my assumption true or are South Africans in such deep trouble uh, that um, even, you know, short-term lending is something that they aren't considering right now? Sure, that's a great question. Um, so I think the thing to keep in mind here is our product is is offered as a cash flow solution to, to people uh, when they do run into a short-term financial emergency. I think in the context of, of this survey, um, just bear in mind that typically festive season spend is in addition to what somebody's typical monthly um, expenses would be. So this is all, um, you know, we surveyed them on the additional spend that they, that they will be um, committing uh, over the festive period. Um, I think you, you are right. Uh, our product is well suited to to assisting South Africans when they do uh, run into that cash flow shortfall. And, you know, we are seeing um, that reflective in, uh, or at least being reflected in our numbers. Um, but that's not to say that South Africans are so cash constrained, you know, that they're now starting to, to fall out of creditworthiness and so on. Um, here at Wonga, you know, we have seen increases month on month in terms of our loan volumes. But the great part about it, uh, from um, a national point of view is that we're not seeing um, sort of massive spikes in, in credit risk, um, which has actually remained quite flat for us. Um, so, yeah, I think in this context, you know, the survey needs to, to be taken into account as an additional set of, 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 of expenses that, that people encounter once a year. A large portion of them actually mentioned that they would be saving throughout the year. So that is 40% of South Africans do save throughout the year um, for, for the extra spend over the Christmas period, with only 18% of them relying on a credit provider, as well as another 9% relying on their credit card. That's actually quite encouraging, you know, when you when you frame it in that way, um, at least within the context of this survey, because um, I think South Africa has uh, had that uh, that dubious reputation of being uh, a very indebted 
um, type of uh, type of society and economy and consumers typically being you know at the at the higher end of uh, the indebtedness scale you know when compared to you know other countries you have access there's a lot of access to credit uh, you know facilities and uh, solutions and uh, you know South Africans have you know been typically very um, over indebted so to hear you know some of those uh, savings rates that you're talking about 40% isn't it's not above 50 it's not above half but it is a significant portion of people that are planning for that festive season spend that are planning to say I need to put a little something away uh, to be able to go through this period because um, I guess people people then have to tie festive season spending uh with what people uh commonly refer to as january disease or you know january whatever words you want to throw at it to say that uh, <laughs> you know that 226 billion that we are expecting uh does come with the consequence in january where you have you know lots of people literally looking forward uh to payday at the end of the month yeah, that's it. And I think, you know, from a Wonga perspective, it is certainly in January where we do see um, application volumes increase substantially. Um, and that lasts through throughout the whole month of January and, and, and tapers off into February. So you're, you're absolutely right there. I'm very curious to understand just from a Wonka point of view, when you guys assess uh, a credit risk, um, I understood just now you said that credit risk has been relatively flat. That is an interesting, you know, piece of data to understand because you keep hearing about uh, the South African consumer being in trouble. Um, and one would sort of draw a straight line between South African consumer, consumers are in trouble to, you know, increases in, you know, default rates and, you know, that type of thing. How are you guys assessing credit risk? Is it the typical, you know, traditional way, uh, or has Wonka adopted some of the, some of the new sort of data driven alternative credit scoring methods that, uh, you know, have been coming up, especially when you look at the way that some of the fintech operators operate? Sure. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, our default rates have remained flat. Um, I think there is a bit of a difference in terms of the way that we we gauge credit risk when compared to your traditional um, sort of older school lenders. Um, I think one of the ways that that we are able to do this is is through the the use of um, data driven decisioning, um, and also you know we're we're able to to build up quite a good gauge of what a customer's personal financial standing is at the time of application i think the other um, important factor to note is because of the short term uh, nature of our loans uh, you know the maximum term only being 6 months we are not at as much risk as some, as a lender, for example, that might be offering 24 or um, 36 month loans where swings in an individual's income um, can have a material impact in um, their ability to, to meet their monthly installments for their lending and so on. So I think, yes, in, in short, um, certainly the way that we, we, we gauge risk uh, is definitely a data driven, um, decision. And we also are able to look at consumers if they've had, if they're for an existing customer, at least um, what their previous behavior um, was like in terms of repayment uh, on their Wonga loan. 
All right. And just for the people that um, might not have encountered when you when someone applies, um, is this uh, something that comes in the form of cash, something that comes as a as an advance into a bank account? Is this a a token of some sort? How does how does the the, the credit actually appear in my life? Sure. So on application, we ask customers for their bank details um, and you know, then we disperse the the loan directly to their bank account, usually on the same day as application. So, you know, it gets put directly into your bank account. Um, and then from a collection point of view, we would collect directly from that same account. All right. I think that gives us a little bit of understanding around how that's happening. And it is, you know, quite an interesting trend, you know, just to see um just how much uh, the credit risking, um, can I call it fraternity practice has evolved, you know, over time, you know, to make use of, um, you know, data just so that from a financial inclusion point of view, um, you are, you know, bringing more people into the net that would traditionally uh, you know, not for under, you know, the traditional ways, um, of scoring for credit risk. So as we are ending off the discussion, then James, coming back to the data, um, again, because I think now we have a much fuller picture, um, of the survey of, you know, consumers, the type of pressures that they're under, uh, the interest rate environment and the like. What are people spending money on? Uh, travel tends to be a big thing, you know, during this, uh, you know, during this festive season, uh, periods. Um, people tend to want to take advantage of any Christmas specials and the like. Uh, what is the data telling you guys around, uh, expectations for the types of things that people will be spending money on? Sure. So typically, um, people are spending money, as you mentioned, on travel, on gifting, on um, food and drink, um, and also, uh, you know, on on um, various other things that are associated with the festive period. I think the interesting thing this year, though, is that 35% of people's festive basket will be taken up by food and drink. And this is substantially up from from uh, last year, where we saw that figure coming in at 30%. And again, I think the big reason for that is because of the inflated costs that we've seen um, in, in store for food items and, and drink and so on. So I think that's definitely coming through. Um, we are also seeing a reduction in uh, spend on travel. Um, I think that you know, consumers are definitely feeling the pinch in terms of travel costs related to the petrol price, as well as the inflated um, price of uh, flights. Um, interestingly, when we ask consumers uh, where they would be traveling to this year, KwaZulu-Natal had dropped down to the third place uh, in terms of the most popular travel destination after four years of being at the top. And I think, you know, along with the fact that they've had some challenges recently on the, on the Durban coast, um, with the water treatment crisis in the last few months, um, I think this is also reflective of the fact that people, um, just can't afford to travel out of province this year. So 
of those leaving home for the holidays, the majority of the population will be traveling to or within Gauteng. Um, and that's actually emerged as the most popular destination um, for travel this festive season. That's actually a very interesting, uh, very interesting trend that is being picked up there, uh, by, by you guys simply because, um, as someone who spent the last, you know, f- three or four festive seasons in Gauteng, there tends to be that draining out where you can go out on a, on a, on a Tuesday at lunchtime and instead of the hustle and bustle yeah. on the streets, um, you know, it sort of feels like a Saturday. It's completely yes. empty. <laughs> it feels like a Saturday or a Sunday, but, um, let's see whether, um, you know, what you're talking about now to say that Houting is, will be the most popular, um, the destination for that travel with people, uh, restricting their movements, you know, what that's actually going to mean, um, when it comes to that because it does have its uh, its pluses and minuses i guess part of the plus is that you know i'm sure your your local travel destinations in Gauteng, restaurants um you know places with activities movie theaters that type of thing uh, will at least have people uh, where they would normally, you know, experience uh, that emptying out. So that's been it, you know, very fascinating discussion uh, with uh, James just around the type of spending that we are expecting to see um, over the festive season. This is based off of a survey uh, that Wonga has done uh, that includes 8,500 uh, South Africans. They've cast quite a wide net to get a representative sample and to get an understanding of uh, what's going on. Some of the big, uh, some of the big trends is the fact that um, South Africans are definitely, you know, feeling the pinch with, you know, uh, at least a third uh, saying that they are relying on additional sources of income. And as we've just touched on right now, um, there's the travel factor that, uh, you know, despite the fact that we do have um, the lowest restrictions that we've had since 2019 uh, when it comes to movement, uh, that this is going to likely be uh, a year of low movement because cause um, of uh, those constraints that are currently uh, facing uh, consumers at the moment. And also at the same time, uh, just chatting about how do you score uh, for credit risk, you know, um, you know, during these uh, during these times. And also at the same time, some of the trends that Wonga sees when it comes to, you know, some of the short term lending activity on their platform, uh, saying that things have remained relatively flat, especially when it comes to uh, that default risk risk, which, you know, once again, on the outside, you'd expect that, you know, with so much constraint on the consumer, you'd see those default rates coming up. But James is saying that uh, they've seen, you know, things remaining relatively flat on their side. So that's been it. We were in a discussion uh, with, uh, with with James. Um, he is uh, he is the head of uh, marketing over at Wonga. That is James Williams. James, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Mandiba, and thanks for your time. This is Mandiba's Tech. Some very good insight coming through from the team at uh, Wonga around some of those spending expectations. And if we're going to be taking uh, their results as being representative um, of uh, what the wider population is likely to do uh, during the festive season, one of my biggest uh, curiosities is that travel sector. Uh, because, as we said, this is the festive season that has the least restrictions on a movement, if at all, you know, 
know, in South Africa because we got rid of uh, COVID, uh, you know, the majority of COVID-19 restrictions um, at, uh, you know, earlier on in the year. So this is meant to have been the festive season where you see, you know, all of that travel. Uh, you remember, you know, for those listening that um, in our, in some of the previous section, uh, sessions, we've spoken to the likes of Emirates um, who have been ramping up uh, the number of flights in and out of South Africa in anticipation of some of that, uh, not even in anticipation because uh, they're seeing that recovery in travel, you know, from that point of view. So it would be great to maybe get uh, some of the travel operators um, onto the platform to understand, you know, what are they seeing on the ground? What are their expectations? Uh, because the consumer is in trouble, but the consumer has been indoors, uh, you know, for a long time. So what does that mean? Does that mean we're going to be having, um, because people will be moving around in one way or another. So does that end up being the, that internal movement where you see, for example, in Hauteng, people staying in Hauteng or people coming to Hauteng and, um, your destination such as KwaZulu Natal drop down on the list of popular, popular destinations. What does that mean? And then on the other side of that, um, you know, could we be seeing more movement, you know, in the country where you have a substitution effect instead of people, um, going overseas or to other countries for the festive season? You see some of that spend being substituted, uh, for more affordable options in the local market. We wait to see, uh, but definitely something to, uh, keep an eye on. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.